0: Hey everyone, welcome to Life and Things Podcast. Let me see, let me see. What do I got going on here? All right, so I just want to start off by saying that uh, it has definitely been yet even more strange days. Um, I know during my last show, I... um, I talked about the monkeys that got loose in Pennsylvania. So I thought I'd cover those again. Um, That was quite interesting. And I found out more later and then it took me a while to get back to it. And I figured I'd wait to see what the uh, verdict was. So what ended up happening was a woman was driving right behind the truck when it overturned and all the monkeys got loose. Um, she decided to stop and help the truck driver. The truck driver initially told her that he had kittens in the cages. And so she went to go check this out. And as she removed the covering from one of the cages, it ended up being a monkey that was hissing at her. Uh, Later, we find out that, you know, the CDC is involved and that they were basically telling citizens around Pennsylvania, where, you know, around the area of Pennsylvania, where the monkeys were released on the road, that if they see these monkeys, do not try to approach them, call 911 right away, you know, so the CDC, these monkeys came from an island, shipped over here, 100 monkeys. They were in one lab, and they were getting transferred to another CDC-approved lab when the truck overturned. They euthanized three monkeys, saying that it was humanely done. I would have to assume that those monkeys probably were injured or something, but they don't really give any any type of information about that. So then we find out later, as I said before, that that woman had gotten exposed and she was told by the CDC that, you know, to monitor for any type of symptoms. And then she ended up getting sick. So you know, she talked to the CDC, they told her, you know, if this, you know, it's very unlikely that she was exposed to anything, but you know, in the event that she starts feeling worse to go to the hospital. Well, anyways, this is what happens. The woman begins to feel ill right after being exposed to the monkeys. And um basically she said that after the ordeal, she began to feel ill, came down with a very bad case of pink eye. She tucked herself into a hospital and was given antibiotics and rabies shots because she was near those monkeys. News of her illness began to spread, according to this news article, which was um, released by Independent News. I found it on Yahoo News. And, you know, so then, you know, all these things. They're saying supposedly all these conspiracy theorists are coming out saying that, you know, these monkeys might have a monkey, she might have a monkey born plague. However, the doctors from what Miss Fallon, which is the lady who got exposed stated was that, you know, it was nothing like that. Actually, they told her she just had COVID that she probably had gotten exposed to while she was at a birthday party that same day. So interesting stuff, interesting stuff. So more than likely, they're telling her that this was just COVID that caused pink eye. Along with other, other you know, so the, the weird thing is, is that I'm not I'm not hearing what these symptoms are. We knew nothing about these monkeys or why they were being sent over to be quarantined. Uh, The type of monkey that this was um, apparently is typically and commonly used for laboratory testing on anything from pharmaceuticals to um, cosmetics, you know, so it's the normal testing. (laughs) Yeah. So she said that the CDC had explained to her that she was at very low risk of anything, but she decided to go get checked in to the hospital anyways, because she started not feeling well and that it was COVID causing pink eye. Anyways, pink eye. I'm not sure if I've heard of this being a, a really big issue with COVID before. I mean, that would be a new one on me. And I just feel like there's a lot of information missing from this story. You know what I mean? Like it's very vague. The whole thing's very vague. So, first of all, they didn't really explain where these monkeys had come from initially. You can do research on it and find out um, where these monkeys typically reside. They're not explaining why they were being shipped from one lab to another for quarantine purposes. Um, or what they were worried about people being exposed to in the event that they came in contact with them out in the population, but they did warn people not to come close to these monkeys. So I would love some more information on that if anybody happens to already have some I would, I would be interested because it's not like I want to spread anything fake or anything it just seems like this is very suspect. Of, you know, not misinformation, but lack of information, which I guess is a form of misinformation, really. They just seem like they're being so vague. And the vagueness just always sort of concerns me because, you know, we all know that the government's not going to try and cause a panic by telling people what's going on, right? So if these monkeys did have something bad, they would probably just treat the victim and move on instead of admitting that something really bad happened. <laughs> Alright so with that being said, the next really interesting thing that I heard recently, which happened this morning, was that there was a Pittsburgh bridge that collapsed. This was on national world news, um, ksn.com, and it was written by the Associated Press, by a man named Ryan Newton, and basically So the interesting part about this is that this is. It was a two lane bridge that collapsed in Pittsburgh. And apparently the collapse came hours before President Biden was to visit the city to um, press for his one trillion dollar infrastructure bill which includes bridge maintenance. I've kind of talked about this infrastructure bill earlier and it also has things in there with regards to putting a chip inside of vehicles. And this chip would basically be able to tell if somebody's driving appropriately or not and would shut the car off, could potentially shut the car off. So it also would give authorities the right to in a code to shut someone's engine off and it would stop them right there. And I know that they said there's a lot more research they want to do on this one because they want to make sure that whatever they put parameters in there that you know if they're going at the speed or whatever that it can't be done. But they're stating it's mostly for those who drink and drive so that people are stopped from doing those kind of things which you know i'm a proponent of not drinking and driving but putting something in a vehicle that could you know give people an end to remotely shut down someone's car while they're driving could cause some accidents in my opinion and then also being that we have like this huge hacking issue going on in the world You know, obviously, this thing will be on the World Wide Web or have some form of remote access that people can get into. So it'll be a field day for hackers. I mean, imagine if they just decide to choose, I don't know, 100,000 cars in one day throughout the United States or any other country for that matter. But the United States, I think, is the only ones who are requiring this from the manufacturers to install this kill switch, basically. Um, The amount of accidents that would occur would just be enormous. So President Biden's going around trying to get people to buy into this. Huge infrastructure bill that. Would help with bridges, but also has a lot of stuff in there that we need to be a little conscious of. So. They say there was minor injuries from the collapse, but no fatalities. They said it was a hundred feet. That um, rescuers had to repel and there was a bus. This was the most interesting thing. There was a bus that was kind of on the edge of the collapse and was getting, you know, it could have teetered off the edge and people literally made a human bridge to help start um, getting people from the bus. So it's amazing what humans can do what us, the people, just the little guys with no true training can come up with in order to save people. I thought that was, you know, kind of a good human moment where people work together for a common cause of good. And we don't seem to hear a lot of that lately. So There is that. And then also a property infrastructure bill again, which I did want to cover again, because I do think it's important that we read these things. As citizens, so that we know exactly what it is that our representatives from our state are buying into. Um, And so that we know whether or not we should be fighting or writing in or, you know, petitioning even for these things not to go forward. You know, we got to use our voices for for keeping our rights, keeping our human rights that are God-given. And this, this infrastructure bill, I think, might be one of those. So t- if you have a chance, take some time and read it. Even if you don't have a chance, find time. Find time and read it. All right. Then we've got the whole... Canadian thing going on. So, there's actually a couple things going on in Canada right now. Uh, one of them is the anti vaccine Canada truckers that basically decided that they weren't going to take any crap anymore and they're standing up for what they believe their rights are, you know, which is good. I think f- fighting for your rights is good as long as it's done in a good way that's nonviolent. So the Canadian truck drivers, and this is according to, this is funny, um, Reuters, and it was posted on AOL.com, which heck, I hardly even knew that that was even around. Um, Anti vaccine Canadian truckers rolled towards Ottawa, praised by Tesla Musk. <laughs> Tesla's Musk. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, anyways, they, they're determined to shut down central Ottawa over a federal government vaccine mandate rolled across the country towards the capital on Thursday, boosted by praise from Tesla chief executive Elon Musk, which is true. This morning, Elon Musk. Um, definitely put out a ton of different tweets, each stranger than the next one, but he definitely said, gave props to the truckers. The protesters are unhappy that the minister, the prime minister, Justin Trudeau liberal government has imposed a COVID-19 vaccine mandate for cross-border truck drivers. So they said that the industry officials say 90% of the drivers going, um, traversing the U S frontier are inoculated, but the minority have refused saying that the mandates are, um, going against personal freedom. So we've got that going on and this is not the very first time that truckers have gone up against mandates. It's been happening on and off throughout everything that's happened over the last couple of years. Um, the only thing I want to warn people of here is that our food infrastructure, or just generally speaking, supplies infrastructure are held up by a couple things. First and foremost, it's the manufacturers and the help there that they need to, in order to get the product created, um, packaged and sent to whatever 3PL that they might be sending them to. The second part of that, though, is then the whole transportation system going from there to the different areas that are ordering them. Right. And that could be different countries. It could just be different states or different companies that are ordering these things to put on the shelves like Walmarts or Costco's or, you know, those places. So if any link in that chain breaks from producers of raw materials, producers of the finished products um, or the transportation of any part of that. We got a problem and that problem could become a really big problem if we are not careful. So with that being said, I think people just need to be very, very aware that our on-time delivery system is not perfect and it can easily be broken. And that is why I think that it is important that people do kind of prepare themselves for that, especially considering across many, many states recently, we've seen a lot of empty shelves going on. And a lot of, you know, some of that obviously was due to um, inclement weather and people preparing for the inclement weather. I think that then when we see empty shelves, people tend to buy a little bit more than what they usually do, which can cause an issue because, again, we've got on-time delivery systems. So those people who tend to purchase their products mostly on one day of the week and they only buy a certain quantity, you know, the the companies that... Order the the stuff for their stores like the the Walmarts, the Costco's, the Sam's Clubs, you know, all of those different places, Uh, the Kroger's, the Publix, uh, Jewel, if you happen to be up north, all of these different companies. They have an ordering system based on supply and demand, so they look at what the typical ordering for that time period or what's been typical is. And that's how they decide what they're gonna be ordering. They don't order like a lot of extra because especially for produce and things like that, it will just go bad. And then on top of that, you know, they've gotten used to, you know, not having as big of a storage location in the building. So it's not like they've got a lot of extra places to put things. All right, so we got the trucker thing going on. Then we've got this one, which I thought was another quite interesting story to, To discuss, and this one uh, was written by MSN, or um, and the name of this article was "Walmart, Costco, and Other Big Box Stores in Canada Begin Enforcing Vaccine Mandates, and Some Shoppers Aren't Buying It." So, basically, what we've got going on is that you know the country, or certain parts of Canada, really want their people to be vaccinated and they want to get the majority of all people if not all people vaccinated i think they're even down to the young age five like five years and up now i think in canada if i'm not mistaken don't quote me on that though if there's anybody from canada happen to be watching this at some point um let me know if i'm wrong hi sobin Who am I talking to? I'm talking to just generally anybody. And I usually post this (laughs) after I'm done recording. (laughs) I started doing live so that I could, if people come in, I could have conversations um, and hear people otherwise. Um, I also post this so that people can listen to it afterwards. How are you doing today? Good. Awesome. Uh, Where are you in from? India. Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) I'm in the United States. Yeah, I'm in the southern states of the United States. Yeah. Um, No, I'm in Georgia. Yeah. So anyways, what I was going over was just some news going on in here. Me? Am I alone? <laughs> um, right now I'm, I'm alone at home so I can do this. Yeah. Alright, so um, I was just talking about some of the things going on in the United States and Canada that I um, am aware of. And I find it very unique, um, some of the things that we've got going on, especially in Canada, I don't know if you're aware, but they're starting to not let people into big box stores like Walmart, Costco, those kind of places, unless they've been um, fully vaccinated. Otherwise, the only reason they're allowed to go in there is to use those, those sources. And so, That's causing some issues for those people who haven't yet gotten themselves to the point where they've been fully vaccinated. That's one of the biggest stories coming out of uh, Canada right now, along with the truck driver issues. So they are saying that the Quebec government specifically says it put this measure in place to reduce the spread of the Omicron variant. So if they enter any of the big stores, um, they're having to be escorted throughout the whole facility and they're really not being allowed into the whole facility. Um, I heard about the, the Neo Cove, like the new, like the Omnicron variant, or what are you, what are you referring to? Yeah, the Omnicron variant is definitely becoming very widespread. Um, If if you're talking about the Omicron, is there one after the Omicron variants? All right. So yeah, the new Omicron, um, it's basically spread throughout the entire United States from what I can tell. Um, It's still kind of intriguing, because I I think that the tests don't really tell you if you have one or the other, at least not to my knowledge. Um, But they usually can tell because of how people are reacting like the different symptoms and the severity of those symptoms. And from what I've heard, the Omicron variant has, um, probably been the one that is the least, uh, problem problem problems for the, um, general public. Most people just have cold symptoms. There have been some people who have had worse symptoms, but I would say less likely to have severe symptoms from what we've been told. Anyways, it's been really, really interesting to watch this whole thing transpire because every country is kind of handling it a little bit differently. I mean, I know that Australia, which I haven't heard anything recently, um, they have been doing forced quarantines. Um a lot of people are being shipped from their house to these little COVID camps where they are being forced to stay quarantined in a little room. And they do have like a front porch, but they're not allowed to leave their front porch. Um, I think Austria as well is one of those com- uh, countries that had a really strict lockdown going on. Um, most of the United States no longer really has the really strict lockdowns except for um. Places like Illinois, New York, parts of California, Washington, and Oregon. Those are the states that I know of that have, you know, kind of kept things pretty strict. In my area, um, we still have a little bit, but mostly it's, it's loosened up. The cases are getting high. Um, That is true. The cases are getting high. There's definitely a lot of people still getting sick. Um, I would say the numbers probably are similar to that of the common cold, you know, it just spreads super easily, super fast. Um, and so everyone gets sick. I think that the, the thing is, is that as a generally speaking, especially in the United States, people continued until this hit to go into to work sick. I mean, we were almost expected to. If you weren't, you know, running a super high fever, you know, before COVID hit, before we learned about COVID, everybody went to work sick. It just was the normal way of things. Um, I mean, they gave us sick days, but you know, if you use too many sick days, you'd get in trouble. So people just got used to going into work, even if they were slightly sick with, you know, the common cold or You know, even some people came in with the flu. I mean, it was just very, very typical. And we were, you know, kind of like a culture of workaholics. Um, And then COVID hit and now it seems like they've gone the other direction. You know, they're now expecting us to stay home if we're not feeling well, which I think we should have been doing all along, you know, just for the health of the population. Generally speaking, I think the flu season wouldn't have been so bad if we would have required people to stay home if they were sick. (laughs) So, so now we're having to backtrack on that. People are having to get used to really taking care of their bodies, staying home when they're sick, which I think is a good thing. That's definitely something positive that's come out of COVID. I, you know, I, it's really hard for me to speak on the death rates. Um, I look them up and I see them, but there's so much misinformation going on that it's hard to to tell what's what's really going on, if you know what I mean. So for me, I'm just sort of, everything is, is a bit of information, whether it's the whole bit of information that we need or not is another story. I think that we're going to find out a lot more about what's going on in the next, I don't know, six to eight months as we start, if as they start really compiling the data, because I don't think the data has been collected the way that it should have been. And on top of that, there's just been too many variables. You know what I mean? So from a scientific perspective, I was a, I was a biology major in school And I've always, even when we had to run experiments at work and stuff like that, um, you know, you only really want one variable when you're doing a test on something. Right. So when you're collecting data, uh, there should only be one variable. I think in this situation with COVID in general, there's been far too many variables. And with so many variables, you can't really line up the data to say exactly what is what, if that makes sense. (laughs) So I think we're going to have to wait this one out a little bit before we can talk about the death rates with COVID and even the case counts. I mean, it's just really tough. You know, at the very beginning, we had a lot of information coming out saying that the tests were not accurate. So those counts probably weren't totally accurate. Recently, we I read articles stating that, you know, they couldn't even differentiate the regular flu from COVID with some of the tests that they were using. So even with just the testing rates, um, and finding out who was positive and who was negative, I mean, there was false positives, there was false negatives. Um, it took them a while to even just pan out the testing kits so that they were accurate, at all, you know. So it's just, it's, it's definitely interesting. It's interesting to watch how this whole thing kind of, kind of went down. Hey, Mac, welcome. I honestly can't wait until we actually start looking back at this years down the road, you know, (laughs) and really get to see from a historical perspective, what actually trans, you know, happened over this time period that we're calling the COVID years. Because quite honestly, I think we're gonna know a lot more by the time it gets to the point where they're able to write about it in a past tense type of way. And that's, uh, it could be years away. I mean, who knows? But I think it'll be interesting to, to be able to read that and find out from people who really researched it and pulled together all the data of what they saw, um, and had all the live interviews with doctors all over the world and things just to see, you know, as things happened, what we learned. And there's a lot of times in history that it takes a long time for us to really gather that amount of information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cross your fingers that it happens, right? I think, you know, eventually it will. I think um, our. We've been through a lot as a, as a world population, really. I mean, we went through the black plague. We went through Spanish influenza. I mean, there's the smallpox outbreaks that we had, you know, in history, they do last and they can last a while, but I think over time, the population becomes more of, um, they gain more immunity because we're exposed to it. Right. And whenever our body can fight something off it becomes stronger so soon we're going to have that herd immunity that I think that we've been waiting for, not saying that people won't get sick with different forms of COVID, but I think that our bodies will be more equipped to fight it off and it won't be as scary. And I'm not saying that's going to be right now, but I mean, down the line, that's going to end up what hap- that's going to end up to be, what happens similar to what we're seeing with the regular annual flu. It happens in every 30 decades. That's quite precise. Um, Did you get that information from somewhere? You know, at some point in the history of the world, we didn't even have all the fancy technology that we have today. Just Google it. Okay, so what exactly do I Google? What do I type in there? right. So what am I typing into Google? Because I'd love to Google this. I'm really big into information, and just kind of gathering it as I learn. Um, And I'm big into reading. So anything to Google, I will Google it. Although I'm a firm believer that just because it's on Google doesn't always make everything correct. Same with wikipedia since pretty much anybody can write on wikipedia nowadays so if i don't know um DMACC, i'm not sure where you're from uh, i'm from georgia um, and soban i hope i'm saying your name right is from india um, recently in the united states we had a couple strange things happen One of which was, um, there was a truckload of monkeys that were being transported in, in Pennsylvania that for some reason got into an accident and overturned releasing these test monkeys. And there was like, I think a dozen of them that had gotten loose. They were able to collect all but one. And then finally after the weekend, so it took like three days for them to collect all, but one, and then the fourth day. They found the last monkey. Now, during that time period, the CDC was involved because apparently these monkeys were being transported from one lab to another um, CDC-approved lab. And they were telling people, "Do not approach the monkeys. Don't try to help find the monkeys. If you see a monkey, though, call nine one one. Make sure that you know they're aware that you found one of the monkeys." And then directly after that, we find out that there was this woman who had stopped to help the truck driver with all these monkeys. Um, he initially told her that they were cats that were inside the cages and she approached one of the cages and got hissed at and she looked inside and it was actually a monkey hissing at her. And so we just found out that the lady who had helped the truck driver had then come down with sickness and she decided to go to the hospital after talking to the CDC and they told her that she probably, you know, was very low risk for catching anything from the monkeys, but, you know, just keep an eye on any symptoms. So she went to the hospital. because She started feeling sick and they treated her with antibiotics for a really bad eye infection that they called pink eye. And then after that, um, they gave her like tetanus, not tetanus shot, but like um, rabies shots just to make sure that she didn't catch rabies from the monkeys because I guess when she was walking through the cages that had overturned, she was helping turn them over. She was also kind of walking through the the monkey poop. Well, then she got sick. The CDC's like, oh, yeah, and I guess they tested her and they found out she had COVID. So the symptoms are now COVID related. Um, I'm not sure if pink eye is a typical one, but I just find it very interesting because we never really understood or were told, you know, what these monkeys were used for, where they were coming from, why they were being transported to another lab for what they were calling quarantine, why they didn't want anyone to approach the monkeys, just a lot of different questions that I found really interesting. Yeah, the Black Death at 1720, you want me to Google that? <laughs> Cause I know about the black death that was, I believe caused by rats. Wasn't it an overabundance of rats, cholera, oh, I see what you're saying. They're all happening. 1720, 1820. What happened in 1920? Oh, that was the Spanish influenza. Yeah. So every 10 decades, we have an outbreak of some sort. I wonder if that follows the same path as all the wars. <laughs> I know right after the Spanish influenza we were, you know, in World War II. Gap and COVID started in 2020. That is an interesting connection. That is a very interesting connection. Thank you for that one. I don't think I ever really made the connection that they were that far apart, but yeah, those dates, you know, what's also very interesting is the fact that it seems like we're putting out some form of new technology during a lot of them as well. I don't, I don't know if I looked back as far as black death, but in 1920 with the Spanish influenza, I know that we were rolling out um, long, like, what, what is it? Long wave radio. And during this one, we were rolling out 5G. Huh. I'm going to have to look this up for sure because that is a definitely a good thing to uh, good thing to post for people so that they know what's going on. So anything new happening in India? Abraham Lincoln and JFK, what they are both assassined by being shot. There was more than just those two, I think that were um, not particularly assassinated, but assassination attempts were made on them. So if you're going in that direction, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Although nowadays there's a lot more difficulty in governments, generally speaking, and how they are, how they are run. I think it's a a lot bigger picture than what a lot of us realize. Like there's this really big high level picture that none of us see. All we see is what's happening in our small little worlds, but there's commonality between all the governments of the, of the world's. including our banking systems. And you know, in the world, I would say that there's a number of things that, that attract certain, certain individuals in the world, and that is money and power. So you want to know what the coincidence is. I would say that um, they both had, had enemies and they happen to be very similar. And they had to be very similar in reason, too. Um, there's multiple different belief systems that are had when it comes to politics, specifically. And if you're not. All right, Sobin, do you mind jumping in and saying what you what your coincidences are? I also know one thing. I had recently been reading about the different histories and going back over the Constitution. And the whole reason why we kind of got up against uh, Great Britain and all that kind of thing. And Abraham Lincoln was not a supporter of the Boston Tea Party which was one of the very first big, huge to do's as we're waiting for and I figured I would just kind of briefly touch on this. Um, and later on, though, there was a lot of support created by just a few people, and most of them were just regular average Joes, right? We haven't heard anything yet from, from Sobin, huh? So history, I would just say that looking back at history is definitely an important thing. They, there's a reason why they say that history repeats itself, which is why we should make ourselves aware of what history we have. Um, history is another reason. It's another form of control too. So if we don't fully know our whole history, it's a lot easier to pull one over on you, right? So throughout throughout all of our world history, there have been wars, there have been assassinations, there have been cultures turning on other cultures for no good reason, um, I know that religion has been used as a reason, there's just, there's been so much and we should never really be, I think when you have as much division as we have had in our history, especially most recently, um, division where it forms great amounts of hate from one person to the next, one culture to the next, one country to the next, Um, it creates, a, a way in for those who want the power and want the money because when we're not together, we're weak. And I think that that has definitely been one of our biggest issues worldwide. Um, we don't, we've been taught to hate or to dislike or to not trust people for whatever various reasons that they give us. And it's, Though it might be true for some, you know, there's going to be some that are just not going to be good people, but I would say that there's good and bad in every single culture in every single generation in every single country and the good should be able to get together from all those places and figure it out. We have the capability, we have the the people, we've got the people with the brains, right? We've got smart people out there that can definitely come together and try to figure this thing out. I don't think war is a, should be a necessary thing that we need to do in most all cases. But I think war has definitely been something that's been used because war weakens us. War weakens everyone, every country, financially, also just by the devastation of all the deaths that occurs. I mean, it's just, it's a devastating thing. And I think that every country, if they were wise, they would do whatever they could not to go into it because it's not worth it. And even for those who go out and fight for their countries, what are they, what are they really fighting for? Do they even really know? I know that we're told one thing, but it doesn't mean that that's exactly what they are fighting for. And I don't, you know, personally, especially living here in the United States, um, we are a melting pot. We have people from everywhere and that is great. I think it's wonderful. Um, At the same time, I've also seen how we've been turned against each other in this country by our leaders. And I think it's, if we allow ourselves to get brainwashed in that way, we will only see harm do done to us and done to all of us. So I'm a big proponent of acceptance because we can't all be the same. Not even one, no human being is going to be the same. We're all different in a lot of different ways. And we're the same in a lot of ways too. And that's where acceptance comes in. We have to accept each other's differences. And we cannot let people who happen to be the mouth parts of these, what I would say, our organizations that are trying to divide us, we should not let them win. We should not let them win, we should accept each other regardless. And try to have a commonality, even when we don't know what that commonality is. I've worked in very diverse workforces, and I've loved it. I thought it was amazing. You've learned so much from people um, from people from different countries, um, different backgrounds. I mean, it's, it's amazing how much I've learned from folks, and I've enjoyed it. And I think they have too. But it takes somebody being unafraid of anything that we are being told in order for that to work. And I, I'm not afraid. Because I, I truly believe that there is good and bad in every single thing. And you can find the good, there's a lot more good than there is bad. So I kind of want to leave that where it is now. Um, I think that no matter how many of these I do, I'm always going to have to mention the fact that we need to stick together because it's true. And we've seen it to be true. I We see people not wanting to give up the last of their rights. And rights have been taken from a lot of people, I would say As of right now, the United States is the last stronghold for having a lot of human rights that we all deserve, not just the United States. We all deserve it. Um, And if we lose that, if we lose that here, then it's going to be a lot tougher for us to help gain it in other countries. And we do, we, we should want to gain it in other countries. You know, I know that a lot of people come here because they, they want to live that lifestyle. They want to have what they call the American dream, which is not quite what it used to be. It's changed a lot, um, over the years, you know, back in like the twenties and thirties and forties, um, things have they've just changed a lot. And then with technology, it's changed even more. And so we're not as free as we once were, but we still have a lot more than others. And I can't, I can't say that we're any more deserving of it than any other country than any other people. So I would love to see everybody if they could close their eyes and just imagine the world that they really do wanna live in, you know, whatever that looks like, I think that we should be able to create it. We should be able to make this world a better better place for people, a safer place. Some place where we're actually super excited to wake up in the morning and do what we've gotta do for the day. And I don't think that that's happening right now in most places. and it should be. So that's, that's what I'm working at. That's what I would love to see happen. And I think that if I can reach enough people to want the same thing, I think we can make it happen. Won't be easy, though. All right, well, my time is up. (laughs) So if you, uh, if you liked what I I've talked about today if you enjoyed the show please feel free to follow me share my information anybody else you think might like the show and yeah I've been on for almost an hour (laughs) yeah but I'll be back um I try to do at least one or two shows a week and so come on and and have chats with me. I'd I'd love to do this every single day, honestly, because it seems like we don't have enough of this. We don't have enough platforms for people just to get on and chat and just speak their minds and feel confident doing so. So come on and and join me. Um, If you follow me on here, then you should be able to get um, notification for whenever I come back on so you guys can join me again because I'd love to have you back. All right. So I will talk to you guys again later. Um, The others are on three hours a day. (laughs) What are the others? It was nice meeting you too. I'll tell you this, D. It, <laughs> if I can get a, enough of a following, I will definitely spend three hours a day chatting with a huge group of people about what's going on in the world and what we can do to better it. Sound like a deal? <laughs> yeah, D. where are you from before I go? Ah, you're in the Midwest. That was my old stomping ground. I was from uh, Northern Illinois. And then I transplanted myself down to Georgia. All right, guys. Well, until next time you guys have a wonderful, wonderful weekend because today's Friday. (laughs) Oh, I like Georgia better, warmer weather and it's more humid. So my skin doesn't dry out as badly. And I'm really close to the ocean. So that's kind of cool too. I can drive to the ocean. <laughs> um, politics wise, you wanna know what I like most or which where I like it best, whether it's the North or the South. Um, I don't know. I think that there's enough transplants down here that it, there's kind of an even mix. There's a lot of people here from the North who brought their politics with them. And then there's a lot of people down here who are from the south who have their belief system. Overall, from what I've seen, people are seem to be nicer to each other down here. The Great Lakes, yeah, but they were so windy. It's not like you could jump in and like swim and they were never warm. (laughs) The wind in Illinois is absolutely atrocious and it doesn't matter what time of year it is either. But in the winter, those winds would cut you (laughs) because they are so cold and they're so high winds. Oh gosh, all the snow and ice. Down here, if we get a snow, it's like amazing, because we hardly ever get snow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I haven't been back. I've been down here since 2015 and I've not been back. I just have no desire to go back up there. And I hardly have any family left up there either, so. Shoveling snow, yeah. I haven't had to do that, well, since 2014 or 2015. And I remember too, uh, I think it was that winter, because I moved here in 2015, but it was like in, in April of 2015, that winter, my garage door froze to the pavement and I had to break my garage door in order to get my car out to go to work. And I was done. I was like, that's it. I am moving south. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> How many inches are you guys supposed to be getting up in up there? I haven't checked the weather. I think down here we're just supposed to get freezing weather. Ooh, eight to 12, oof. You know, down here people would literally panic. They panic if, you, if they know that there's about to be an inch. When I moved down here the first time and they said that there was supposed to have snow and I'm like, oh, how much? And they said, oh, one inch. And they're like, it's like a snowpocalypse. And I said, oh my gosh, you guys are ridiculous. <laughs> 24 inches in Boston? Yeah, I would, oh, I don't even know if I would survive that anymore. I remember that one winter when we had the National Guard have to come in and and remove snow. They had to call in the National Guard because they ran out of places to put it. It was awful. <laughs> It was like one of the few times that I've ever seen in the history of that area, you know, like the Northern Illinois, Southern Wisconsin area, where they literally threatened us if we came out to go to work, they're like, we will fine you, we will give you a thousand dollar fine if you leave your house. And I just, oh man, because, you know, typically they're like, you know, rain or shine, ice or snow, they're like, leave that house and you better get to work or you're going to be fired, you know? You know, companies don't really allow you to just sit home because of snow unless, you know, school closures happen if temperature drops below, like, you know, a certain temperature where the buses can't, you know, start anymore. But beyond that, it was like you're out there no matter what. Yep, it had to be like a super emergency. So I don't miss those days at all. And here in Georgia, if if the sky even looks like, it's gonna snow. It's really funny because I I was a manager when I first came down here. I was a manager of this, you know, pretty small group of people. And I remember, ah, oh, are you leaving? I didn't leave before you. <laughs> I just remember, ah, oh, well, come back, please. I hope to see you back in here again when I come back on the next time, okay? Ah. Yeah, those time differences. Um, anyways, when, when I first got down here and we had the first like snow, it was like one inch or something. And I had like an entire huge group of people basically come and tell me like, if you guys don't tell us that we're allowed to leave, they're like, we're just leaving like one inch of snow. It's starting to flurry. We we're going to leave. <laughs> and I could not believe it. Like the gutsiness of the staff was just uh, astronomical. But that was the way that it was down here. You know, when I was an hourly person, I never would have said anything that like that to my boss. <laughs> <sighs> all right. Well, you guys, it was very nice to talk to you all. Dmac, I'm pretty sure that if he was going to go into that whole JFK Lincoln thing, that's going to be a really long explanation. (laughs) All right. You guys have a great night, great rest of your day, and I will hopefully see you guys back in here when I come on next. All right. Bye guys.